What's up, what's up, what's up, teammates? Michael from Winning to Wealth here, and this is Money Talk Monday, episode number 29. And this week, we're going to talk about how my family got to the point of being able to live on one income. So one thing that I've talked about over the last few weeks is how even with me losing my job, that like we're still in a really good place financially. And I've touched on the fact that Taylor's salary as a teacher can cover all of our essential expenses and we still have a little bit left over. And then if something happens to her income, we still have well over a year's worth of expenses sitting in a high yield savings account acting as our emergency fund. So that would give us time to kind of figure things out, uh, even if she lost her income. And so today, again, I wanted to take some time to talk about some of the decisions that we made in the last five and a half years since our honeymoon that really helped us get to this point. So let's talk about it. very first thing that we decided to do that helped us live on one income as we were trying to get our finances in order was to create a spending plan. Now, creating a spending plan helped us by pointing out the problem areas in our spending. And I got to be honest, our spending plans sucked the first few months. Like they were absolutely terrible. Like we'd forget to add stuff. It was just bad. But as we stuck with our routine of sitting down together every single month and forecasting our income, then subtracting our expenses, we just started getting better. And it really didn't take long at all for both of us to realize that like having two car payments, credit card debt, an expensive house and eating out a few times a week, all of that working together just was not going to get us where we wanted to go in terms of reaching our life goals. And here's the thing. It wasn't like we were struggling or like we were behind on our bills or anything when we created our spending plan. We just knew that we couldn't save or invest according to the goals that we had. Like we could save and invest a little bit. But if we have these big, big goals, then we need to have big, big savings and big, big investment contributions. And we just didn't have that. And so that's what a spending plan does. It helps you move towards your dreams and it moves you away from distractions. And to this day, we still sit down and do our spending plan every single month. Actually, as a matter of fact, at the time you're listening to this on Monday, we will have done our spending plan for July on yesterday. And what we do is we grab a bottle of wine. Sometimes we order like a pizza or something and we review how we did on that current month spending plan. And then we finalize the spending plan for the next month. The whole thing takes like 30 minutes at tops. So if you're wanting to start living on one income, a great first step is creating a monthly spending plan, which will highlight the adjustments that you need to make to your spending habits. The next action that we took that helped us live on one income is becoming consumer debt free. Now, consumer debt is any money you owe outside of a mortgage. So this could be credit cards, cars, personal loans, payday loans, anything like that that you owe that's not a mortgage. And Taylor and I got serious about our debt very early in our marriage. As a matter of fact, like on our honeymoon. And the result was us eliminating $61,000 worth of debt in only 16 months. 
And so not only did we decide to pay off our consumer debt, but at that point, we committed ourselves to not taking on any debt that wasn't a mortgage in the future. And I believe our minimum monthly payments were somewhere like in the $1,500 a month range. So as you can imagine, not having $1,500 a month go out to other people's pockets, but instead stay in our pockets has helped us make some amazing progress since the fall of 2014. Now, I've done so many episodes on paying off debt. I've written about it all on the blog. I've been interviewed about it on other blogs and podcasts and national media. So if you want to learn more about how we paid off debt or how you can get started on your own debt payoff journey, head to the show notes over at winningtowealth.com slash MTM28. And I will be sure to link to some resources there that will help you get started. Number three on the list of smart money moves that helped us live on one income is we bought way less house than we were approved for. So having a budget and being firm about that budget when you're buying your first house is absolutely critical. A house is probably the most expensive purchase you will ever make. So getting it right in terms of making sure that it's something that you can afford to live comfortably in in a worst case scenario is extremely important. So during the home buying process, pretty much everybody from our lender to our realtor um, would have loved to see us in a nicer, more expensive house because, I mean, at the end of the day, it makes all of them more money. But just as much as they want to make more money, I want to keep more of my money. It's not my job to get them paid. So before we even started shopping, we knew exactly how much we wanted to spend every single month on a mortgage. We had done our budget. We were really good at budgeting by this point. So we knew what our ceiling was for a monthly payment. And so I'm going to give you like three things that helped us come up with this number. So this meant we needed some additional room in our budget to make extra principal payments every month. The second thing we decided on was we also wanted the ability to invest enough every month to be financially independent within the next 10 years. And third, we wanted to have the ability to live off one income should something like what's happening now actually happen. So three things. We needed to make sure our monthly payment would allow us to pay off our house in less than 10 years. It would allow us to be financially independent within the next 10 years. And we needed to be able to live off one income should something happen to either one of us. So once we had an amount we were comfortable with, we ran some calculations on that monthly mortgage payment to just see how much house we could afford in total if we did a 30-year mortgage for maximum flexibility. And I'll be sure to do another episode on that, the 15 versus the 30-year mortgage in the future. So we came back at a number that was just under like $215,000. But when we submitted all of our documentation, our income, debts, all that stuff to the bank, they approved us for like $450,000. And I'll be honest, it is tough to see that big old number and then realize that like what you're wanting to spend is less than half of that. Like, can you imagine what a $450,000 house in Texas is like? Like it's freaking gigantic. And not only that, but it was actually a little tough to find a house that really fit our needs and some of our wants within that $215,000 budget. And so there were several times where our realtor was kind of like trying to nudge that number a little higher. Like, you know, you could go a little higher, but we ignored that and we stuck to our budget and we ended up finding a house in a great neighborhood in a great school district. And we got it for under $200,000. So yes, we sacrificed some things, but I'll be honest, 
I love living in this house. Like it fits our needs perfectly. It's perfect for our family. It's great. And I'm so glad that we bought it. And on the flip side of that, buying a $400,000 house, or even if we had met in the middle at 300,000, we would be in such a tough spot right now because I'm not earning an income. So I would be stressed about trying to make more money and all these things. And it was just brought so much unnecessary stress to our life and to our marriage and all those things. But that one decision to stick to our budget saved us stress and panic and even money during a time like this. And it allows us to really live pretty comfortably on just the one teacher salary that we have coming in right now. So if you haven't bought a house and you're hoping to do so one day, create a budget and stick to that budget and really be aware of how that one Simple decision can impact so much later on. A lot of people get that wrong and it's painful to see when people realize that they've gotten that decision wrong. So really do your homework, do the math if you're considering buying a house in the future. Now, the fourth thing that helps us live on one income is we look for free or discounted options on things that we need to purchase. Now, Taylor will tell you that I am notorious for searching online for coupons and coupon codes for anything we're about to buy. That's like over a certain threshold. Like, you know, I probably won't do it for like a $10 item, but we get up to like $50, $75 or even higher than that. I'm definitely looking for some kind of coupon or anything like that. And the thing is, I find them more often than not. Like I, I, I guess I'm really good at like Googling stuff because I will find coupons and coupon codes for stuff all the time. So for instance, there's this software that I wanted that was going to help me automate some things for winning to wealth, the podcast and social media and all that stuff. And the cheapest version that I could find was like $39 a month, which is a good price. Like that's it's not a bad price. It's not an out of the price range at all. But then I found the same software on this site called AppSumo for only $99 for a lifetime. So that's $369 that I was able to save this year and another $468 that I'm going to save every year I continue using this software, all because I took five minutes to do a quick Google search. And we also aren't ashamed to accept hand-me-down items and clothes and things like that for for Allison. As a matter of fact, we love it, especially considering like just how fast she's growing out of clothes and shoes and all that stuff. So we love that stuff. We we gladly accept any kind of hand-me-down items that save us money. Uh, another way we've saved money is by hopping on a shared cell phone plan with my cousin and his wife. So we were paying well over like $220 a month. Um, they were paying kind of close to that and we were all on separate plans. But we linked up with them and we switched to T-Mobile and got this family plan. And that's dropped our bill to like one hundred and fifteen dollars a month now. Uh, And that includes Netflix like they cover our Netflix bills. So that's incredible. So don't be ashamed to find creative ways to save your family some money. Um, That kind of stuff goes a long way. Now, I don't mean like doing stupid stuff like pretending to be a guest at a hotel for free breakfast or anything like that. Like that stuff like that is just really trashy and tacky. And like, yes, if you do that, I'm calling you out right now. But a simple Google search before you buy anything or even being okay with like less expensive or even gently used items has really helped us as we live on one income. Number five on the list of things that helps us live on one income is making wise food spending choices. 
So the first month that we tracked our spending, we realized that we had spent more money on food than we had on rent. I'm not joking there. Now, maybe you're not that bad, but food trips a lot of us up. And so to get a handle on this, we really had to look at how we were doing our spending plan and adjust it. So early on, we had just like this general food category and it'd be like 500 or whatever the number is. Right. And what we noticed was, is like early on in the month, we'd spend so much money on restaurants and then we kept running out of the food budget. And so then we're having to like pull from other categories and things like that. And it was just wonky. So what we did was we went in our spending plan and adjusted it from just listing food. And then we split that into two categories. So we have groceries and we have restaurants. And so I'm going to talk about those two things separately, like how we save money on both of those. So for groceries, like I'm notorious for going overboard with the snacks and just junk in general. Taylor generally goes along with this stuff. I don't know why she doesn't call me out on it, but she doesn't. And so while it's cheaper to buy these items at the grocery store than it is at a convenience store, it still was costing us a lot of money. Now, I could have tried to like strong arm and muscle myself into stopping the impulse snack buying and all that stuff, you know, like train your mind to be strong, like all the macho stuff. But listen, I like easy. And so the easiest way for me to address this was to remove the opportunity to impulse shop. So grocery stores, and I don't know if you guys know this or not, but they are designed to get you to make impulse purchase. Like those are the high margin items for them. And I know this because I work for Coca-Cola and I remember literally like fighting with other manufacturers for product placement in certain locations because those spots are known to drive sales. So I know this, right? And it's still tripping me up. So again, I know this it just would have been tough for me to stop. Right. So what we did was we just made the decision to just start ordering our groceries online. We did, we started this years ago, way before Rona happened. And it's like a, it was like a $5 fee, but that $5 fee is way less than the ice cream and the cookies or candy or sodas or whatever junk I could find. And a benefit that we didn't really consider is just how much time we saved, which now we get to use that time doing something together as a family or we'll ride together to go to the grocery store, listen to some music, whatever. So it makes that experience worth it for us. Like that $5 fee has saved us so much money and given us so much of our time back. Now, when it came to restaurants, there were two times I noticed that we would spend too much. The first time was when we didn't manage our time effectively and we had to buy something last minute or when we decided to go out with friends and family kind of on a last minute thing. So now what we try to do is have our meals planned before the week starts. And we also keep little quick meals on hand in case something does pop up. So like those little freezer meals and frozen pizzas, we keep like a couple of those things on hand that way, again, that way if something does pop up, we have food at home to take care of that. And we're not spending $20 or whatever on fast food. And also like before Rona happened, we would invite people over for dinners or like these potluck type game nights. And what that did was it eliminated that $40 meal for not just us, but our friends as well. And then it drove like better conversations too. what that's one of the things I noticed is like when we're all together, we're all having game. We're all like at our, at somebody's house. Um, the conversations are better. They're more, they're a little different than when you're trying to like yell way down the table at another friend about something and somebody else is yelling at you from the other direction, removing all of that. It just made for a better experience and it saved us our money. 
And so all of this working together has saved us a ton of money on food over the years. And it's also allowed us to live on one single income, which has become, again, fantastic at a time like this where I'm not earning an income. Now, the next action we took that helped us live on one income is we started travel hacking. Now, this was important because we love to travel. And as a matter of fact, like a lot of the credit card debt we racked up while we were dating was due to our love of travel. But travel can get expensive. And especially when you like to travel in luxury like we do, like we don't like to stay at cheap hotels like we like to stay in the best of the best. Um, we fly at like the premium times and like, like we want to be comfortable when we travel, we're, we're on vacation, we're resting, we're recharging. So it's important for us to be fully able to recharge and spend the extra money to do so. So for us, travel hacking has been a great way to cut back on a lot of those travel costs. Now I did record another episode on this that I'll link to in the show notes, but essentially we travel hack by signing up for credit cards with these high signup bonuses like the Chase Sapphire or our Hilton Honors American Express card. And so in order to get these bonus points, you usually have to hit a minimum spend requirement. Now for us, we don't go buy things that we don't need just to get a free trip. Like that defeats the purpose because you spent money that you didn't need to spend to get money back. Like it's kind of silly to do it that way. So what we do instead is we use those cards to pay for our essentials, like utility bills, groceries, insurance, things like that. And then once we have the points, we use those points to cover the cost of airfare, hotels and any other travel related costs that we can get covered. This has been an incredible way to still enjoy life while working towards our long term goals. And again, you can listen to more about this, like our strategy by heading to money talk number six, which you can find at winning slash MTM six. Now, last but certainly not least on the list of things we've done to help us comfortably live on one income is we chose to always pay ourselves first. So instead of getting paid, spending money and then going, oh, my gosh, like there's nothing left to save. We get paid. We save and invest. And then we say, "Okay, this is what we have left to spend. So having this mindset made it easy for us to buy a house that costs less than what we were approved for. Having this mindset made it easier for us to spend less on food. It made us get creative and find a way for us to travel in luxury that worked for us. And it makes it easy for us to say no to car payments and other types of consumer debt that would actually take away that ability to live on one income. Now, the key here is to have some long term goals and then tie your investing or saving strategy to that. So our goal is to become millionaires this decade so that we can be fully financially independent expats living in Europe for however long we decide to stay there. So to us, saving money first isn't about saying no to something that we might want today, like cookies and ice cream at the grocery store. Saving money first is about moving ourselves towards the big ultimate life goals we have. So if you want to learn more about how you can start paying yourself first and get to that place of living on one income, be sure to download my free book. It lays out these step by step actions we've taken to get to this point, And you can find it at winning slash playbook. That is winning slash playbook. Also, if you feel like you just need some accountability 
or some people in your life that just want to root for you and see you win, head over to my private Facebook group. This group is a great place to share your wins, your struggles, your goals, and just surround yourself with like-minded people. And you can find it over at winningtowealth.com teammates. But hey, thanks for tuning in to another Money Talk Monday. Until we talk again, keep racking up those wins one at a time. Take care. 